ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinema the Podcast, where we walk home from the movies. Today we're going to see a movie. It's called The Matrix. Resurrections. <laughs> I can't remember. The, I couldn't remember what I was, it was called. I gave a pause to see if you could pick it up. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the, the... I thought it was called The Matrix Revolutions. No, that was that is also a movie. Right, that okay. came out 20 years ago, <laughs> next year. Can you believe it? Um, so this is the fourth movie in the Matrix franchise uh, Long Dormant 2003 was the last one um, and it's been out a few weeks but we uh, just haven't had a chance to get to it what with Christmas and New Year's and all that but we're finally there and I'm, qu- I'm actually really excited to to see this uh, with the, the, obviously the uh, appropriate level of wariness of any <laughs> franchise that comes back after 20 or 30 years which is all movies now it seems yeah and I've seen like I, why I'm fascinated by this is I've seen like extremely mixed responses on, on Twitter yeah I, I that it's actually made me more interested same, in it same because I presumed it would be completely derided yeah so the fact that it hasn't been is interesting and then I think you and I both have a very similar relationship to the Matrix that like most regular film goers have which is we obviously saw the original one, like blew our mind, thought it was amazing, questioned our own reality. Um, don't have both seen the other ones, but don't really remember them, and have rewatched the first one a few times. Uh, but sadly, I personally, sadly, I kind of remember them. I don't remember them, and I don't actually think it matters. And I'm not going to bother swatting up on them. But I've seen the first one a good few times, and like I love that movie. Yeah, I I don't remember minding the other two in the cinema, but I don't remember thinking they were great either. I remember thinking they were terrible, and I was only what eighteen, nineteen. It'd be like, interesting to the- like theoretically interesting to revisit them, but would I actually bother? No. So I'm just going into this movie like totally open mind. It's one of the Wachowskis has come back to do it. So at least you know there's someone behind it who actually originally created it. I think yeah. if she wasn't there, I'd be extremely wary. Yeah, exactly. The fact that like all the a lot of the cast seem to have come back, I think, is a really good sign. So like I don't <laughs> so think Lawrence Fishburne, who has publicly um, uh, complained that he wasn't invited back. <laughs> the fact that Keanu Reeves has come back, though, I think he picks good movies. I don't think he'd come back for a dud. Yeah, I think so. That's somewhat promising. I'm I'm nervous. I've got a really. Um, I, I would say the original Matrix is very close to my heart. It's one of the really as a teenage boy who watched it at the time. Yeah, I was fifteen. You felt connected to this it. This was like just just a moment in time where I've, I'll I'll never forget going to the cinema to do. It's one of those just like like landmark experiences for me. You know, fifteen year old in Cork in in Ireland, and and it, it's not like it was. Oh God, I sound old now. It's not like it is these days when you have the internet and movie news and this buzz like there was no buzz about the Matrix there was no I remember going into that there probably was you just didn't hear it probably but there was no event like what did we we had Empire Magazine and that was it 
Right, that was the, you know, that that was the, my entire access to movie culture and news. Yeah. Um, so this thing just came out of nowhere, and I remember, like, being in there. Like, I've never seen anything like this, and it, and it. It was groundbreaking. It we don't need to. We don't need to review the cinema. Yeah. Matrix oh my god. But it was. And, and just one one last thing on the original. You and I saw it uh, maybe six or seven years ago, when you surprised me for my birthday when we lived in Australia with tickets to The Matrix at the Sydney Opera House performed live by an orchestra. That was amazing. And it, that was for your 30th birthday. So oh my sadly God. for you, that was actually nearly eight years ago. Was, oh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that. That was so cool. And you would think The Matrix, you, you don't really think of the score of The Matrix when you think of the movie. But as we watched it, the film playing with a live orchestra playing the score, it's a beautiful score. Yeah, it just isn't one that you know, awesome. it's not like a John Williams that you can call off the top of your head. No, but when you, but it's like all those uh, sound, all those like, like all that's done with strings. You yeah. know, those like those noises that are sort of otherworldly and weird. And for me, you're right. I always recall the soundtrack of The Matrix, like the rather than the score, because that was an awesome soundtrack for the time. Which in, in fact really dated has there. really dated. That has dated. <laughs> the score has not dated. Do you know what is never dated for me? Trinity. She's my icon. Yeah, I fucking love Trinity. All in yeah. leather. Love Trinity. Kathy's actually wearing all leather, leather catsuit right now. For I this. wish. Like I. We're all geared up. The style. I'm wearing was a so, trench coat. The style was so iconic. The look of the it. The style is dated now and, as well. That's but, very like. But you know, edgy we all 90s. we all sat there wishing that like we look like Neo or Trinity. Oh my Trinity. god! Are you telling me <laughs> that 15 year old Dave did not consider buying a leather trench coat? <laughs> and obviously realized that would not work for me. Well, my um, friend Brona actually did have a leather trench coat, and it worked for her. Good on you. Um, right, we better go into this movie. I think it's fair to say we're both excited and trepidatious <laughs> yeah. and also curious. <laughs> yeah. So weird, weird, weird mix of emotions. All right, let's go see it. Hi. Have we met? why you're still fighting and why you will never give up you don't know me no right hello everyone we've just seen the matrix resurrections if it's your first time at the cinema uh, there are no spoilers here until we turn on to spoiler street which yeah. is uh, much later in our journey mm-hmm. home uh, so kathy spoiler free what are you, I think I know the answer to this already, but uh, what are your thoughts on The Matrix? I had so much fun at this movie. Um, I At the very beginning, I was like, oh shit, what have I got myself into? I'm not sure about it. Obviously, it looks like The Matrix, but I feel like while a revolutionary in his time, that can be very easily aped now by any filmmaker. But then when the actual plot kicked in, 
like where Neo is today, what he's doing. I thought it was so clever. I truly thought there's so many reboots where they try to be self-referential and it's like really smug and doesn't work. And I thought they hit this exactly bang nail on the head right for me. How they approached the reboot was being self-referential was really clever. Um, I really like the new cast members. I now understand why Lawrence Fishburne isn't in it. Um, and I, when I actually got, like when I saw Trinity and Neo, like I got such a kick out of it. I had so much fun watching them together on screen. I, I was like really happy watching this movie and I know a load of that is nostalgia and we're like pre-programmed to respond to things that like have positive nostalgia for us. But like, I'm not a Matrix obsessive. As I said, I don't really care for the last few movies, don't really remember them. And I was not sitting around asking for a reboot. But I still loved it and had so much fun. And I'm really pleased they made it, actually. I think she did a brilliant job. And yeah, like the last act went on too long, which is the case with most movies, I'd say. So dragged it a little bit towards the end and I kind of lost the run of what was happening. But like the first and second act were just, for me, especially the middle of this movie, was so great. And seeing Keanu Reeves, and I can't remember her name, but the actress who plays Trinity. Carrie Ann Moss. You seeing them together was like a huge moment for me, and I think they're amazing together. And she is so cool, and I loved her plot in this movie. I also love Jonathan Groff, so the fact that he's in this movie, which I didn't know, was like a huge bonus. Like in the same week, I've seen Jonathan Groff in And Just Like That and The Matrix. Oh, is he in that? That guy is keeping himself relevant. Jonathan Groff is always, always welcome. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's my kind of overall feelings on the movie. Okay, awesome. Well, here's all right. Here's a funny thing. I. I think I agree with everything you just said. Great. Podcast over. Nonetheless, I think this is a really bad movie. What? And here's why. I think here's 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 my here's how my um, emotional roller coaster went with this movie. It's a very loud truck. Next uh, sorry, it's very loud. Okay. Here's how my emotional roller coaster went uh, for this movie without without going into spoilers. Same with same. I started the same as you. Like, oh, here we go. And then. <laughs> And then suddenly, I was on the edge of my... I was, like, leaning in. I and was I was on like, the edge of my seat. Hang on. I was like, this is interesting. And then it just got more interesting. And before... before after a while, I realised I had... I had no sense of where I was, what Same. was real, what was not real. And I was I like... I began to question my reality and, again. And I was like, this movie is doing some interesting things. And I think, as you say, I totally agree. I think... It um, acknowledges it the, the difficulty of its own legacy in an interesting um, way. It's quite clever. It's quite entertaining. Um, and that's Act One. And then it kind of just kind of literally pulls the plug in many ways. Um, and then the actual story, <laughs> the actual story, kind of kicks in or lack thereof. And and that's when the movie kind of for me lost momentum and impetus. And suddenly it was just like. Oh, so it's this, and then I was I was disengaged, and the third act I complete. This is what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with everything you say, <laughs> but we somehow came out with different different <laughs> overall feelings because the third act is so boring. I was literally nodding off. Um, the action scenes are dreadful. I can't believe like um, one half of the directors that produced the most iconic action move, some of the most iconic action movies in cinema. Was clear, clearly there's a different team. I don't know what's going on behind this the scenes there. This is what's interesting there, about like, a form. I don't know who did what in the original duo of the Wachowskis, but 
obviously you're missing half of it now. It's also 20 years later, so even if you had both of them, who knows what they would have come back with now. But, but like, that's what's interesting, like, the magic sauce has been tweaked yeah. and you're not going to get the same results. And it's but not. But they're also just, it's 20 years later, technology's different, they're different, like, it's like, these are... These things are never quite the same. Different, different. But I think handled very sensitively in terms of respect for the original property, as opposed to like a George Lucas kind of scenario. Yeah, uh, okay, careful how you use his name. Um, <laughs> you feel like you're wielding it. <laughs> you're wielding it with not it knowing, not knowing how to use it. I don't know how to use it at I, all. I'll agree with I'm you. I'm trolling okay. you. I agree. I'm with, I'll you. agree with you. I know what you're saying here. You're saying this isn't just a. Um, a studio cashing out and giving this to a quick, easy uh, director and saying, "Right, go make a." Uh, Though ironically, a they made the... a joke about that within the movie. I know this, but this which is. I enjoyed. So what you're saying is, and I agree with you. I think this is. It's the peop- it, It's made with good intentions, and I really admire Lana Wachowski's her ambition and her commitment. I feel like she and everyone else, as you said, only came to this because they thought it was worth doing and it was an interesting spin on it. And I and I, I completely agree with all that. And, I, <laughs> and it was worth making millions I applaud, of dollars. I applaud, well, yeah, that too. No, but all it money, does not feel like a cash-in. All and profit I, for this movie has been given to charity, okay? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it, 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 has a, it has enough of a reason to exist and they give it a good go. But for, on the whole, I walked away thinking that's a convoluted mess. Uh, it did not all come together. It's there's some really awesome ideas besides the first act, which I thought really had me. There's still a peppered throughout some really interesting ideas, but for the most part, what it's lacking is just like, I, why do I care? Why am I here? <laughs> and then, and then there was nothing. And so once I was disengaged from a character point of view, that can be fine. Like in the, the Matrix Reloaded if I can look at some awesome things and action scenes I've never seen before which I did not get here if anything they were worse than anything we saw 20 years ago so they weren't like they just weren't innovative so one for me I'm not an action scenes person but if they're innovative and if there's like uh, like the original kung fu like slow-mo all that stuff was really interesting to look at and like all the slow bu- bullet speed whatever it was called was always really interesting whereas now like I've seen all that and then like actually the one thing I wanted to say that really stood out to me in the movie now if that really dated I don't enjoy at all is all the gun shooting all yes, the like, yeah. machine gun shooting I, I, totally I find agree. that really distasteful like when we know the gun problems in America in particular but <clears throat> all over the world gun violence like it's one thing to have a scene in a movie can be stylized, kind of western style where someone's got like a handgun and there's something stylish happening there with a the shootout or a bullet. But to just be watching scenes upon scenes of just people being gunned down the by machine s- I guns. I had the same feeling. Yeah, I'm I meant that was actually one of the things I meant to say. I'm glad I've remembered now because I it was so distasteful to me. And I let the movie down. Like I would have way wa- rather watched stylized slow-mo violence than watch those scenes. Well, that's exact- this is exactly the thing, right? They... Like having that like over the top gunplay, there's like people running around corners with two guns and it's just firing everywhere. That is consistent with the Matrix, and it's it arguably you know there's a there's a whole scene in this movie where people discuss like what the Matrix is, okay, in a slightly meta way. And I they, love that scene. And it's, it's really it's, that scene made me happy. That but that I think gunplay is arguably something you know like cool flashy guns. We need guns, lots of guns. It's arguably part of the Matrix's DNA. However, in the movie itself, lampoons the fact that that's only part of it on a surface level, 
right? It's but not also, an intrinsic part of it. So the movie should have been more bold, like it was doing with its themes, and it should have said, no, we're not going to do any guns in this movie. They but, could have done something in, that would have been interesting rather than just leaning back into old but formulas there was and stereotypes. Good, there was one good scene with the slow-mo bullet that I had no issue with. I thought that scene was really good with this one bullet moving really slowly. I have no issue with that. It's just the, Oh yes, I know actual, what you mean. That was interesting. There's yeah. scenes that aren't matrixy at all. It's just machine guns mowing people down. Yeah. That's but what it I was. It was a mess. It was like it was it, the the bit the, the first act called back. Here here's how I feel about it. The first act called back the original matrix in a really interesting way. Pushing on the ideas of reality versus fiction and fantasy and and that that sort of questioning your own your own sense of self and reality. The second and third act were callbacks to the Matrix sequels, in which they were just a load of nonsense and garbage. I have to say, not remembering up on the, screen. the sequels, not remembering the sequels, didn't matter at all. I might have actually enjoyed it more because you might have found it derivative of those sequels. Because I can't remember them, I felt like that's probably why I enjoyed it more. Yeah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Now, right. if you'd never seen any Matrix movies, this movie makes no sense. No sense. Why would you? <laughs> why, why are you? Why are you here if you haven't seen any Matrix movies? And also, sorry, if you were listening to this and have not seen The Matrix, and I actually work with a few people who who oh are God, in this situation. Here. We have to move. On. Yeah, let's move away from the roadworks. Why are we um, in a construction site? Please, I implore you, go watch The Matrix because it hasn't dated. It was some parts of it have dated, like the soundtrack and the look and things like that. But the movie itself is like an incredible bit of cinema and movie making I don't think and it has to be experienced the look is dated because when something's got such an iconic style and vision that actually can't date it's not like the fashion of the day yeah, uh, yeah okay to a point um, and I loved how they used the footage of the first Matrix in this movie mm. I enjoyed all of that okay let's so talk agree, let's go into spoilers we just, then we agree we just had different feelings. I think it's really oh interesting God, why is it so noisy today? it's very <laughs> it's been, I think it's been day um, so I think let's go to Spoiler Street, yeah? Yeah. Um, so spoilers now. Let's say spoilers for The Matrix Resurrections, but also spoilers for the original Matrix trilogy, okay? Yeah. Naturally. Um, okay, so, like, to go into a bit of detail, Act 1, I really... All the stuff with Thomas Anderson has... The Matrix is just a video game, and it's, it's all... like As it. soon as they come out of that, I'm like, that was this is amazing. interesting, because I thought... Maybe this is real. Maybe the movie's going to posit that the, that is actually the reality, that the trilogy we experienced was just someone's fantasy in a computer, because why not? It's, it's actually genius. I thought it was so cool, and it's the kind of thing that can be trite. And, ha- like, so many movies try to reference old movies about themselves. That's such a thing now. But they did it so innovatively and like authentically yeah. that like how the characters within this video game scenario were discussing the Matrix and what made it so good originally was how everyone talks it's about the, the Matrix it's the general conversation yeah so I, I, and I like think- the fact that Jonathan Groff goes Jonathan Groff goes Warner Brothers have told us that with or without us they want to make a fourth video game yeah that was so interesting to me because do you, like it was kind of Implying that the actual Warner Brothers have done the same to the Wachowskis, and that's why only one of them came back. It's a fun. Or am I like? Well, no, I need to that's go off not, and read That's about not it. the case. Uh, Lana and um, uh, oh, I forget what her sister's name is, but the the, t- the two of them, Lana, who directed this, went to uh, her and her sister had a conversation, and she said, "I've got this idea for the story." 
and the sister said oh I think that's great but she just didn't want to be involved she wasn't emotionally willing to go back to the matrix like Jonathan I mean, Groff says I can um, say it's a lot oh that's good because I had so this did, awful fear that A she been bullied out or B they were estranged I don't so know I, I, there are rumours of that but as far as it, that, that's, the, uh, that's on record what um, okay. the other sister has said that she just wanted to go and paint and be by herself kind of or, or do other artistic things I mean who can blame her like I'd say it's um, such a slog making a movie like oh this oh god it I must mean, be that, years that's why I say I just say fair play to Lana Wachowski for doing this it's really interesting yeah for me it didn't work on the whole but it, it gave me I just think that, that first act was so interesting I, I, I didn't kind of expect it I didn't expect to be questioning like the whole thing I was like I don't know where this is going like is this real and for me like it what is real what is the matrix again. it made yeah. me question well not my reality because I don't buy into that but no, it made me question of... Thomas Anderson's reality yeah. and it made me think is this real do you know what it reminded me of there's an old episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer which is great where she wakes up in a mental institution and they tell her um, she doesn't remember anything and they tell her everything that you've experienced for the past 15 years is all in your head it's a fantasy and then and then she's like what and they're like yeah what do you think is more likely that you are the hero chosen one vampire slayer of the world or that you have mental issues oh god um and that's what it reminded me of this this idea of this like fiction and it has really interest i think the script throughout there are some really interesting stuff that neil patrick harris and jonathan groff say later on in the movie the, the script tackles with some interesting like modern dilemmas with time our relationship with fiction and uh, you know Neil Patrick Harris has some lines like you know which I thought were very a little on the nose but like interesting in terms of modern society like human beings prefer fiction to truth right that that had a lot to say and, and about also like he's lines- selling he's selling fictions comfortable fictions in which people want to live in like that's basically he said you want to have the the be bored with what you have but simultaneously have the fear that you're going to lose it all yes which, which is, I thought was amazing I thought so I thought, I thought a lot of the dialogue and I, this is what I was saying there's so many interesting ideas peppered throughout this movie um, that, that are very interesting to me but for me the problem was as soon as they had answered the question sorry we're back to the road work um, as soon as they had answered the question of is Thomas Anderson's reality real or not and he gets plugged out of the Matrix and he's back and they're like, yeah, you were Neo, here's what happened. That sort of second act exposition dump where it was like, it's been 60 years and here's a character from the third movie who I don't remember and she's old now and she leads this new city. I'm like, and now we got to go back to get Carrie Moss. I completely disagree with you because this is when it kicked in for me. Interesting. Because I love the love quest. And I love that Neo was like, I will never leave without Trinity. And that even when he was plugged back into the Matrix and he looked different and she looked different, he was still always drawn to her. And I love how Neil Patrick Harris said that, like, the whole Matrix could only exist when those two were near each other. And then it ended up becoming, like, Trinity's story. And I love that because what I always was slightly annoyed by by the original movie was that, like, Neo was the one. It's like, what's so special about Neo? I loved that it's actually now, like... No, it was always both of them. Yeah, I and like then that, that idea. movie. What I loved about it as it shifted into that third act, aside from the uh, action scenes which I didn't enjoy, I love that it became her story, and it was like we can't do this without her. And then when they were finally in that scene together, 
where she like realizes that her husband and her kids is a lie, which is an extremely difficult thing for a character to realize. And her and Neo like across that room like grab hands. Like I was like, oh, that bit was cool. So happy. And then at the end, when she flew, when he couldn't fly, and it was like this is Trinity's movie. I felt like. I felt that was amazing and that really got that plot got me through the dull action because I was so I'm so invested in Neo and Trinity like I love them so I think for me the romantic element of it was way probably way more interesting to me than maybe to you which is why I probably like that okay fine he found out everything about his reality but now he has to get her back and I really believe that he would have done that you know often in movies you're like I don't believe they do this for that character no I no no it's not I disagree it's not that it didn't work for me I just and I thought it was pretty solid, and I thought that uh, they're amazing Keanu together, and Carrie Anne sold it very well. They're so good on screen. However, together. however, that was just just wasn't enough for me. That wasn't enough to get me through the second I mean, and third act. Once the bit per- that came in that I couldn't follow, I have to say, with that actress who I really liked from Quantico, and she's from she's like married to Nick Jonas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she the lead, the captain of the all she, of that. She, bit. she was brilliant, by the way. But like hands down, I could not follow what was happening at that point. I was like, okay, they need to get Trinity. Sorry, I'm but sorry. But I don't understand that's, the that's mechanics what of what they're getting. That's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they put together this heist, which was just garbled <laughs> nonsense. It, it yeah. was like, right, guys, here's what we're going to do. And they do the heist thing of everyone standing around the room. Uh, and it's like, li- liquid computer Morpheus is going to sneak <laughs> in through the pipes. And then and then oh my God, switch we off haven't the talked thing. About and I was like, okay, but why is he doing that when you just ride in on the back of a... Of a, of a machine two minutes later why didn't can we, we just not, both go can in can we not try and analyse the details Sorry. of that because anyway, neither of us I thought can it was it. just nonsense but can we just and so I wanted to talk about Trinity because we have to wrap up I wanted to talk about um, the new cast uh, no I wanted to talk about Morpheus because I found that really interesting so yeah 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 Abdul Mateen the uh, second yes I read that off the who um, who's an awesome actor right so he's uh, he was in Candyman we saw him in Watchmen. We loved him in Watchmen. He's having did, a lot of fun here, and I he think did he a does great, a great. He does a great job, but, um, but it made sense. It made sense to me that they wanted a new Agent Smith. They wanted a new Morpheus. They wanted like they needed. They wanted some fresh blood, and I thought it was clever how they wrote it that Morpheus was like Morpheus wasn't someone. Morpheus did exist in the real world, but then he's dead because 60 years has passed because Lawrence Fishburne would have been older than Keanu Reeves I guess but in the game but Keanu Reeves Keanu has been Reeves, kept alive for longer than well, reasonable he had well because well, he had died for ages so yeah. by the time they brought him back he's a lot younger which I thought made sense sort of and then he had written this new character into the video game and then they do explain to us which I thought was really cool how they can actually bring people bring digital entities from that matrix through to the real world and that's actually kind of like I liked that a symbiotic idea. relationship yeah. and, between man and machine and sorry I liked this idea of the peace as well and some of the machines had, you know they have sentience as well and some of them have chosen to live in this city that's what I mean Io like is an interesting idea there's a lot of interesting but isn't it cool stuff. how that, that character came back that slightly Morpheus-esque yeah and I, I think I enjoyed that I, I thought they didn't need Lawrence Fishburne actually as much as I like him I just thought, oh, that was an interesting twist on it. It was kind of interesting. I will say, I think he was doing some interesting stuff. He was a bit more uh, play, so playful and charismatic. Yeah. But I thought what... i I got to say, and I said it earlier, I love Jonathan Groff, and he's always welcome. But he wasn't, for me, Agent Smith. I didn't get Agent Smith there. I got charismatic Jonathan Groff being a bad a badass agent you know what I mean it's interesting you say that because I was I liked him as Agent Smith but I and I I'm a big fan of Neil Patrick Harris Neil Patrick Harris is the one that didn't work for me oh really I think Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff are quite similar 
they are, to look they at are, and how yeah. they act. Yeah. And I don't think they should have cast two people so similar, so charismatic, so similar who look so alike and, and in slight, those roles. But, I just thought like, but also slightly comedic, right? This is what I mean. That's what I mean. They're that, like they're too similar. I don't think. I think. Ne- Either one of them should have been cast here for me. I'd lean towards Neil Patrick Harris should have been See, cast I'd here go, for me. I'd go the other way because Agent Smith has always been such a dry and po-faced character, the way Hugo Weaving played it. Yeah, but he didn't know himself. And he's himself. more intimidating. Yes, I know, and whatever, you can say he's a different version and whatever. You can explain this away till the cows come home, but ultimately what we got was a Jonathan Groff charismatic performance so right? did they not ask Hugo Weaving back either I don't know the ins and outs of it so at the f- see if if Hugo Weaving had been back as well I'd have been like why the fuck did they snub Lawrence Fishburne but the fact that neither of them were back I'm like okay with it but yeah it's in- like Neil Patrick Harris all the scenes like I got it of course like I got all the psycho babble I really like, enjoyed him and the psycho babble I enjoyed babble. it but I was like oh, I just felt like too Neil Patrick Harris for me yeah. I would have liked to see someone else in that role but that's just me nitpicking like I enjoyed all that stuff. Like I love the can construct I, can that. I, sorry, can we just say yeah, the yeah, construct that Agent Smith, Neo, and Trinity have been locked in the Matrix in these fake roles revolving around a video game about the Matrix? But why? Like, did, come yeah, on, I that mean, is so cool. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I'll it's give you that. So cool. But why did he keep Agent Smith? I didn't get that. Anyway, um, here, here's can I can because I because t- you have to have Agent can Smith. I tell you about a small plot hole that I um, identified? And please, anybody who's listening, just let us know if you can explain this away. So in the um, in the session where uh, Neil Patrick Harris is explaining to Thomas Anderson um, all the things that he inserted into the game. So you inserted yourself into the Matrix. You inserted this woman who you're fantasizing about. You even put in my cat here because you don't like her, right? Deja vu, right? However, he says that you only started... He says to him that you started coming to me after you attempted to kill yourself, which happened after the game had been released and made. So he wouldn't have known him then. That for me was a bit of a yeah, tale. Do you know Reeve, what I mean? But Keanu Reeves isn't up or down. About his Keanu Reeves can't keep control of his mental state. Yeah, it's but the, I thought that was the, either the movie's giving us a little bit of a tell there, or it was a mistake. I think the movie's giving us a tell, but also Keanu Reeves can't tell like fact from fiction. And I love when he goes, "Oh, I'm going to give you your repeat prescription," because at the start I hadn't realised Neil Patrick Harris was a baddie, and then his prescription is actually the pill. Yeah, like I the love, Matrix pill. I got to say, a highlight for me in this movie was that montage. Oh my god. Yes. Um, of him taking the blue pills. That was when I was like, I'm in love with this movie. Yeah. That montage. And he's like know, on the treadmill, he's in the shower, he's taking the pills. And it's like it, the mundanity of our life. Awesome song from the trailer. It was um, so cool. And, and, and I really like, it was like really familiar to me, this, this sort of creative brainstorm room filled with sort of agency type wankers who are just it was spouting so good, off we both work like, in media I was like I've been in this meeting <laughs> like, I know this I've, I've been, been in there. this meeting yeah. and quickly because we have to wrap up what about the new character whose name I can't remember but I really liked her I thought she was a really fitting successor to Trinity yeah. and Neo really, I really enjoyed her I thought she kind, she kind of really held the movie up from yeah. the beginning Jessica Henwick Bugs was her name I really um, enjoyed her I thought she was great now here, here's do I the want problem. to see Sorry, another the Matrix call, the callbacks didn't work for me from the sequels like Jada Pinkett Smith aged up and coming back as Niobe oh, didn't Jada really Pinkett remember Smith? her yeah I didn't recognise and then um, and then the young uh, like it's just like this it was just hat on a hat and too many characters when to they brought honest, in it was when they brought in that other bot that other bot who had been a little girl in one of the movies and I'm just I like, like that no, I just I'm thought just it like, was it's not adding to anything it's just the nonsense whatever I fan service to movies when, um, we're not fans of when that woman who you say is Jada Pinkett Smith I had not realised when she imprison Neo knowing that immediately he'd be rescued I'm like we could have shaved five minutes yeah, off the that, movie there this like. is what I mean it's just like the movie was just cluttered the second and third acts were cluttered but so, come on there's so many good ideas and actually no, but we I'm, have to go but I could actually talk about like 
I, I need to go off and like read a huge detailed article that someone will have written about everything in it because I love all the cool stuff I love all the cool ideas I wish they'd shave 20 minutes of violence off it but like I, overall for me it's a success do I want to see another one absolutely not I gotta say I, I gotta say right the Wach- this is consistent with the kind of Wachowski sisters output for the most part which is tends to be incredibly grand and ambitious and big scale but mostly kind of doesn't work and I'm thinking like Cloud Atlas and I think again a lot of people love that movie for me it was a it was a complete garbled mess but what it was like incredibly ambitious was it Speed Racer? Speed Racer yeah they, that they, was they, awesome I, I admire I, I'm glad I feel like um, with Lana and uh, the two of them I feel like the same way I do about M. Night Shyamalan I feel like they are voices in movie making I'm glad they're there they're doing they're pushing boundaries they're doing interesting things they often fail but I'm okay with that and for me this is like I didn't come away thinking this is a slam dunk or it's going to have a huge cultural impact but it was an interesting curiosity for me and it certainly um, has more of a right to exist than a lot of lega sequels as they're called okay thanks Dave Um, and I will wow that was a very patronising way to (laughs) oh wow thanks Dave you delivered it as a speech like Anyway, what I'm the hell? What is this is a podcast. <laughs> I'm talking. I delivered, I delivered my thoughts succinctly. I thought my thoughts are Trinity and Jesus, Neo forever. What, what a put down! And I love my favorite scene of the whole movie. Even though I know it was so naff, was when Trinity flew away holding onto Neo's hand, and I loved it. And I was crying. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> if you let us know what you thought, because uh, I thought it was really interesting that we had the same opinion we, we had the same <laughs> critical reasoning for this movie uh, and acknowledged the same pros and cons and felt entirely different and that just shows you the difference between the head and the heart um, so let us know what you guys thought um, but when you're dealing with nostalgia and you never know what some, what feeling something's going to stir up for you and what like resonate something that resonated with me 20 years ago that I may not have even remembered will kick in again here and give yeah. me like a positive or negative spin on something and that's why you can never really objectively view a movie like this that meant a lot to you as a kid but anyway let us know what you thought of all the Matrix movies particularly this one we're at the Cinemile on all social media and we're the Cinemile at gmail.com and if you would go over to your podcast app and leave us a rating we would greatly greatly appreciate it yes and uh, if you want to support the show then go over to patreon.com forward slash the cinemile uh, where you can subscribe for two or three one or two or three pounds a month uh, and you get access to loads of retro uh, movie reviews so we've got a disaster movie poll up there at the moment mm-hmm. uh, so we're doing disaster movies this month and, and you we got also just watched Grease 2 which was really fun Grease 2 and we do loads of TV show reviews as we well we just so. did uh, me and my sister just did um, a review on the first six episodes of and just like that over on Patreon as well uh, one last thing to, to finish us out um my my inde- the, the, this thing I wanted to see the most that they did not show us but I hope is a deleted scene there's a moment towards the end of the movie where Carrie Ann Moss as Tiffany says to Thomas Anderson she says I played the games <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it it was so familiar I was like and I want to see that that like Carrie Ann Moss Trinity as Tiffany playing a video game of the three matrixes which for some reason is just movie footage as they seem to have implied like when they were showing it on a projector it was like that's footage yeah, from your game yeah but this is six years later so we're talking this is 2040 <laughs> video games are really good no, looking no because it was 1999 according to uh, oh, yeah. the movie so yeah, oh, but you know the way they showed us what never Keanu never seen a video game that looked like that I really liked when they showed us what Keanu Reeves actually looked like in the mirror but they only give us a subtle hint of like of Trinity like we kind of saw her reflection in the in table in a glass yeah she was blonde or something yeah. so when she yeah. said to her husband I love that she was like it looks like me 
but it actually like didn't look like her and I thought that was amazing oh, you're right. That's and we're actually home the key's in the door so All we right. have to go okay? bye everyone bye. thanks for listening bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>